Good afternoon, friends. Sean Edwards here again with Toolhouse and episode three podcast of Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Love. For all you parents out there, this is um, gr- these are great tools, and of course, these are great tools for anybody with relationships with anybody. So, actually, anybody can benefit from listening to this, these podcasts. So, I'm just going to do a quick review of what we covered in episodes one and two, in case you weren't able to listen to those particular podcasts, and then I'll get into the meat of episode three. All right. So, in our first two episodes of Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Love. We talked a little bit about the the groundwork that was laid to develop uh, this these pod, this podcast, and also a little bit about myself. So I'll, I'll just start with myself briefly. Um, I'm Sean Edwards. I um, have been a Montessori educator and leader for over thirty years. I have a master's in transformational leadership and coaching, and I'm also a positive discipline trainer and parenting coach. So all of those disciplines kind of help me inform the content with these podcasts and any blogs that I have and any webinars that I do. Uh, So there are several um, opportunities for you to learn and grow from this type of um, information uh, and the information that I provide through Toolhouse by visiting my website, www.toolhouse.com. That's T-O-O-L-H-O-W-S.com. Yeah, just check it out because there's blogs on there, there's trainings on there, there are um, upcoming events on there, my podcasts are on there, lots of free information and things for you to sign up for and pay for as well. All right, so that's a little bit about me. So where do I get this information uh, that informs uh, all the content that I deliver through these podcasts and through my webinars and whatever else it is is that I do? Well, Maria Montessori and her work, of course, helps me um, understand that uh, the, the potential of every child and, and informs the work that I do as an educator and the work that I do with staff and really kind of reminding them on a continual basis that each child has the potential to be the, the you know, the, the most greatest, you know, person alive and has the potential that is unlimited. So if we can look at every single child like that, think about and think about that and hold that vision for that child, imagine what our world would look like if they actually if we actually empowered and encouraged each one of those children to become that great um, you know that that great being who's going to give back to the world in amazing ways. So Maria Montessori was kind of my first orientation to child development. And then um, I met Jane Nelson. So Jane Nelson is a mother of seven. She's a grandmother of 22. She's a licensed marriage and family counselor and therapist. And she developed the positive discipline method and approach. She's written several books. She has trainings. I've actually taken the training. So now I'm a positive discipline trainer myself, which means that I can provide coaching and training for parents and I can provide coaching and training for educators, which I do on a continual basis. And so where did Jane Nelson, you know, how, how, what, what, what informed her development of her methodology and her philosophy? Well, she actually doing her research when she was a mother of many children, several children, eventually seven, as I said earlier, she stumbled on the work of Alfred Adler. And Alfred Adler um, was born in the late uh, late 1980s, um, or I'm sorry, the late 1800s. And then in 1920, he became really kind of renowned for his, his work as the father of individual psychology. 
And kind of the premise behind his work was that, yes, we can, we, we as people can, um, as adults, un- start to begin to unpack ourselves, understand ourselves, understand what we invite from others, and then also ch- make a choice to become the person that we really want to be and to transform into the person that we would like to be. So that's Ed Leary in psychology informed a lot of her work and um he's yeah like i said he's he's known for being the father of individual psychology but he also writes a lot about uh, lifestyle choices and as you're growing up as a child your lifestyle uh really uh, gives you messages about who you are as a person and who um who you're destined to be however we can overcome all of that and make the choice to be who we want to be no matter how we form um as a young adult and Alfred Adler believed in that. And so he really encourages us um, as people to look at uh, our lifestyle choices and how our um, childhood actually informs those choices. And then also to kind of maintain that vision of who we want to be and how we're going to get there. And he talks a lot about superior, uh, superiority complexes and inferiority complexes, which are actually both the same thing. And so if we understand that as people, we all have inferiority complexes and, superior, um, and, and they can manifest themselves as, uh, it, you know, us becoming very inferior and kind of retreating from life or um, kind of becoming superior and righteous in our um, way of overcompensating for our inferiority complexes. He talks a lot about birth order and things like that as well. Uh, but he does have that the same premise as Jane Nelson does, that we have the potential to become Anne Maria Montessori, that we as people, no matter our age or no matter our experiences, we have the potential to be able to become the world's most capable creature and that we can continue to work on this and evolve for the rest of our lives. So that, that gives you kind of some background into where I re- receive all of my information and I blend um, Adlerian theory and Jane Nelson's work and uh, Maria Montessori's work um, and the information that I received as I unpacked myself as a human being and, and rebuilt built myself into adulthood through my graduate work at the Wright Graduate University for the Realization of the Human Potential, um, which really actually focused on six core disciplines, developmental psychology, Adlerian psychology, Uh, positive or I'm sorry humanistic psychology neuroscience emotional intelligence and existential philosophy so I I use all of those disciplines as well uh, to create podcasts such as this and my blogs and my webinars and any kind of support that I provide to schools and parents All right, so what else did we cover in the last two episodes? So we started out by talking about, okay, positive discipline. Let's let's talk about that as as parents because, you know, we all have this grandiose idea that we want to be supportive of our child's fullest potential. Every parent wants to be a good parent. Uh, But the practical ideas are, uh, and the practical training that parents receive is, well, zero to none before we have children. And then we just kind of learn as we go based on the messages and the relationship that develops between our children um, and ourselves. And so what what are some practical principles that we want to kind of hold dear, near and dear to our hearts as we work um, with young children? Well, number one, we want to be kind and firm at the same time. 
which means that we're respectful and encouraging. And this is going to be an activity that we actually dive into today as a new um, uh, new concept. Number two, what's another principle? That positive discipline helps children feel a sense of belonging and significance. Okay, connection before correction. We all want to belong and feel significant. Um, and our children do as well. So let's remember that that's also um, a big, uh, you know, an important principle. Number three, anything that we do with children, if we're applying positive discipline, it's effective long term. Okay, so it doesn't stop uh, annoying or unwanted or unpleasant behaviors um, in their, you know, a uh, long term. What it does is it masks and put, puts a band-aid over, um, you know, unwanted behaviors and things that we find annoying and stops behaviors in their tracks. Uh, but what it fails to do is meet the need behind the behavior, which we talked about too um, last week and we'll get to in a minute. Positive discipline teaches valuable social and life skills for good character, okay? Respect, concern for others, problem-solving skills, which are really important. And we want to be solution-oriented when we develop our problem-solving skills, not punitive in our mindset and in our actions. Um, It helps us to learn uh, self-accountability, the importance of contributing to the world. And Alfred Adler also talks about that, that that all children and all people want uh, or, or have an instinctual kind of desire to develop and be continually evolving with their social interests. Um, and cooperation, it invites cooperation from children rather than uh, con- you know, us needing to control them. And number five, it invites children to discover how capable they are. And you know what? This work really allows us to co-voyage with them and we become... Um, people who are discovering continually how powerful we are as adults as we help our children develop um, a sense of how capable they are. All right, so we talked about, um, also in sessions one and two, we talked about, uh, let's, you know, what what is it that we want for our children as um, as they become young adults? What kind of characteristics and skills do we want to see them uh, develop and embody and provide and, and share with the world. Well, we, you know, obviously we want them to be responsible. We would love for them to be self-directed. We would love for them to have self-management skills, to, to hold themselves accountable, to um, be empathic with others, to feel comfortable in their own skin, to uh, be responsible. You know, those are just a few of uh, you know, some of the characteristics and skills that are common among parents when they share what is it that they want for the child, for their children. Okay, we also talked about what are some of the challenges, you know, some what are some of the challenges that we have um, with our, our children that are causing us to struggle as parents and to feel, oh gosh, am I doing to ask, you know, to be asking ourselves, am I doing the right thing? Am I being a good parent? Well, sometimes children shut down and that help, makes us feel helpless and we don't know what to do. Um, to help them. Sometimes they engage in power struggles or they argue uh, or they just blatantly disrespect us or disobey us, uh, which, you know, causes us to feel threatened um, and irritated and want to actually, well, for some of us, it makes us want to even tighten the reins even tighter and be even more controlling. Sometimes they're physically aggressive with their siblings or with other children, maybe at school, and you're getting calls from the teacher Sometimes they're verbi- verbally aggressive. Sometimes uh, they're overly active or they're just highly distractible or they're argumentative. 
um, or they bite or they lose things or uh, they don't follow through. They don't um, listen is a common one. They don't listen. So I'm trying to get them to put up, to clean up their toys and come to dinner and they just won't listen. So these are common challenges that parents have and teachers have and other adults have with children as well. Um, and so what we did talk about is, oh gosh, we have these characteristics and skills of children, you know, our, our vision for children are being responsible, self-directed, self-managing, resilient, compassionate, empathic, solution-oriented problem solvers. But when they shut down, engage in power struggles, become physically aggressive, verbally aggressive, argumentative, or whatnot, we tend to be reactive, okay? So we react in ways that are not actually encouraging or empowering them to become responsible, self-directed, self-managing, resilient, and so on and so forth. So a lot of what we do here with positive discipline and parenting with emotional intelligence and love through my podcasts and my trainings and my workshops is we learn how to meet the need behind the behavior instead of being reactive to the behavior itself. All right, so we talked, um, you know, about those needs, and I'll get to that in a minute. We also talked about, ooh, yeah, those characteristics and skills that we want our children to develop as they become young adults can kind of be condensed into what we, we've um, learned from Jane Nelson and Stephen Glenn, who's, who are co-authors of the book Raising Self-Reliant Children in a Self-Indulgent World. We can... We can look at all those characteristics and skills that parents come up with and we can kind of condense them into what we call the significant seven and then focus on helping our children develop three perceptions about themselves and four skills that will help them to emerge into adulthood feeling like they belong and that they're significant and then that they can navigate the world joyfully and feeling safe and feeling capable so what are those perceptions and skills Ooh, we want to help our children become to feel to have perceptions about themselves that they are capable, that they are valuable, and that they are powerful. So that's part of belonging and significance, and we all want that. We all want to feel capable, valuable, and powerful, and, and our children do too. We want them to continually develop skills of um, interpersonal skills, intrapersonal skills, systematic skills, and judgment skills. Okay, interpersonal skills are communication skills. Intrapersonal are skills of self-understanding, self-management, self-reflection. Systematic skills are skills of organization and time management and executive functioning. And judgment skills are, are basically, you know, making, making skills out of a deep sense of value and integrity that we have internally, not externally. So yes, we want our we want to help our children develop those perceptions and skills, um, and we also want to look at ourselves in terms of those perceptions and skills because our children do what we do, not what we say. So we're constantly modeling for our children. We're constantly giving them messages as to whether or not the the world is safe, um, safe and abundant, or scarce and 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 unsafe. And so, uh, you know, I encourage all of you as parents to check yourselves. How do you, how, how, where do you feel capable, valuable, and powerful as a parent? Where do you feel, feel capable, valuable, and powerful with your relationships outside the home? Where do you feel capable, valuable, and powerful in your marriage or in your um, intimate relationships? Where do you feel capable, valuable, and powerful outside um, in, in the workplace, uh, professionally? 
and with your friends. Uh, because then that'll start to inform you as to what you're modeling for your children. And it'll give you an idea of what it is that you need to be working on for your for yourself. As you continually work on your yourself and evolve to your greatest self, your children will follow suit. All right. And then the same. Look at, you know, who are you with your... In, uh, who are you in your relationship with interpersonal skills? Do you know how to communicate well? Do people receive you well? Do people respond to you? Do you respond to people or do you avoid them? Um, intrapersonal skills. Do you know how you're being received? Are you able to get your me- a message across? Are you able to self-manage and self-regulate? Your systematic skills. Where are you, where are you with your executive functioning, functioning skills? Are you organized? Are you on time? Is your gas tank have enough gas in it for you to, for you to get to point A to point B? Can you manage your money well? Um, do you know where to find things at home? Or are you constantly losing your keys? And then judgment skills. Do you make decisions that are coming from your own sense of integrity and value system? Or are you making decisions because of what your boss might think? Or what your, your spouse might think? Or what will make your children happy? Because that's not the direction that we want to lead our children down, right? Because we want them to be able to navigate the world from their own internal locus of control, not an external locus of control. So the first first point of developing, per, helping your children develop healthy perceptions and skills about themselves is to model it yourself. All right. So also, children... Um, Um, have needs behind their behavior as all adults do okay every every person that you meet when when they behave in ways that um, for you maybe feel or or seem really unpleasant uh, they are there's a need that's not being met so our our job as adults also is to understand the need behind the behavior and yes we want to be doing this for our children and we can be doing it for our relationships with other people as well so we listened to some songs in the last episode, and then we were uh, brought to the conclusion, which helped you, help me help you come to the conclusion that there are four needs behind any behavior, um, or one, one of four, or maybe a combination of, of the four. Uh, but this is, a, you know, kind of liberating. Oh, wow, you know, when I'm feeling triggered or challenged or threatened or irritated by the behavior of my child or my spouse or my friend or my coworker or my boss... There's a need behind that behavior. They're looking for attention, power, revenge, or they don't feel capable, which can take us back to the, that list of challenges that we developed earlier. So now knowing that, ooh, I can identify what's going on with this person and know that, and, and then be a detective, okay? So let me, let me find out what the need is behind the behavior. So if I'm feeling annoyed, irritated, worried, or guilty, it's likely that this person's um, seeking attention, Right, and they're doing uh, they're doing it in ways that are inviting negative attention from you, and chances are we're giving them that negative attention, even if it's passive aggressive. And so, what we need to be doing is seeking that person out and giving them positive attention when they're not when when they're not involved in these antics of seeking negative attention. And it's it's hard to do that because when when we have somebody in our life that's constantly seeking negative attention we really like it when they're not when they're quiet right and they're they're not bothering us at all and and that uh you know is counter and so the counterintuitive to that is ooh, 
wow, he's he or she's being really quiet. I'm going to go ask him if he wants to help me cook dinner or go on a bike ride. Because we wouldn't just kind of want to be left alone when they're not bothering us. Yet that is what we need to be doing is meeting that need behind the behavior. Uh, because what they want is to be noticed and involved. That's the need. All right. So if you're fairly angry, provoked, challenged, threatened, or defeated, it's likely that this person is seeking power, right? And what we tend to do is fight back and try to control or be superior in the situation. Uh, but And so the message we're kind of giving our, our child or the person that we're interacting with is that they belong only when they're the boss or in control. So they'll continue with this behavior, you know, if that's the way they feel like, um, you know, they're, they belong. But what they're really, the coded message and the need behind the behavior is let me help and give me choices, right? They, so they want to be involved. They want to have more of a democratic kind of conversation with you. Uh, they want to have some choice in the matter. For a young child, that may be, oh, would you like to wear this today or this today? Or would you like to take your bath before dinner or after dinner? For an adolescent, it may be, um, oh, okay, well, you know, tell me tell me how I'm going to feel um, okay with you staying out past midnight. You know, set, set the boundaries and limits and, and show me what that looks like. So involving them in the conversation and, and what constitutes your family rules. All right, if you're feeling hurt, disappointed, disgusted, or disbelieving, like a child maybe, you know, telling you they hate you or kicking you or biting you if they're younger, um, you know, it's it's likely that we're going to cry in front of them or punish them or tell them it's not acceptable to talk to us that way. Um, and what's going on with the child is they don't, be, they don't feel like they belong and they're hurt. And so because they're hurting, they're going to hurt you too. And so what their coded message is and what the need is behind the behavior is to be helped and to be validated, right? Like, help me, I'm hurting. Acknowledge that I'm hurting. Validate my feelings. Um, Apologize, you know, avoid punishment. Show that you care. Encourage strengths. Use family and class meetings or family meetings to discuss what's going on with this child and why they're acting like that. Uh, because a, a, a child that is, and this is true for bullies as well, that are, that is seeking revenge is, is hurting inside. So it's our job as parents to, to, you know, get to the root of that hurt and start understanding that. And just the, the, just the initiative that you take to start understanding the, the hurt is going to go a long way. Okay. If you're feeling hopeless and helpless and inadequate in working with this child, it, it's likely that uh, there's some an assumed, assumed inadequacy going on there. That child doesn't feel capable. You know, so these are the children that are like would rather look um, uncooperative than stupid. But really what's happening is they don't, they don't believe that they can do it. Um, so, you know, they just kind of shut down. And really what they're saying to you is have faith in me. Don't give up on me. So these are the children that we really need to take a lot of time in. We have to be patient with. We have to chunk things down. We have to make more time in our schedules for them to actually put their own shoes on or get the homework done or get their chores done. Okay, we can't expect every child to be exactly the same. And so what we want to be doing is constantly recognizing and acknowledging the successes these children have so that they continue to build on the, the success no matter how small or no matter how long it takes. All right, so this brings, that's kind of the overview of sessions one and two, which is a lot. And so, yeah, now we know. We know what the what the need is behind the behavior. We know what the four 
Um, you know, we know that children are seeking attention to be noticed and involved. We know that ch children are seeking power, um, you know, to be included in, cho in, in the decision making. We know that children who are seeking revenge are hurting. We know that children who are shutting down really want to fe feel capable and don't want you to give up on them. Okay, so great. That's great information. Now, how do we do that? Well, we start with language. Language is really, really important. The, you know, the, the way in which we say things to people um, really has an impact on what we invite from them and the messages that we're giving to them about themselves. Okay, so one of the exercises, um, you know, that I always do with parents in these trainings is I invite them to ask children questions rather than tell and demand. All right, so I'm going to, you know, spout out some commands to you, and I want you to kind of listen to this as a, as a child receiving this information. And then I want you to be thinking about what am I thinking, feeling, and deciding. So when I say, go brush your teeth or you'll have a mouthful of cavities, don't forget your coat. Go to bed now. Do your homework. Stop fighting with your brother. Put the dishes in the dishwasher. Okay, are, it, are you feeling at all capable, valuable, and powerful when I talk to you like that? It's likely that you are not. And I'm probably not developing interpersonal, intrapersonal, systematic, or judgment skills in your being as well. So let's shift that a little bit. I want you to listen to the way I'm going to talk to you now and, and um, think about what you're thinking, feeling, and deciding. All right, here we go. What do you need to do so your teeth will feel squeaky clean? Oh, what are you going to wear today so you'll be warm outside? What's next on your bedtime time routine chart? Okay, I see you have a lot going on today. What's your plan for getting your homework done? How can you and your brother solve this problem without fighting? So the messages were exactly the same. I basically am addressing the same issues, but I'm asking you instead of telling you or barking at you. So when I'm asking you the, these questions, what happens is children stop and they start thinking. Okay, they, are, they already feel uh, belonging and significance because you're asking a question likely because you think that they know the answer. So you're showing faith in them that they know what to do. And you're also inviting um, critical thinking skills and solution-oriented problem-solving skills. So you're, you're helping children to feel capable, valuable, and powerful when you're asking instead of telling. And that's just a simple shift in how you interact with them. And may I also say that when you're asking um, a question to a child, you're your face expressions relaxed, your body's relaxed, um, you have you look more likely have a smile on your face. When you're barking orders at people, you have a completely different face expression and body language and they pick up on that. And that creates anxiety in people. All right, so asked, don't tell. All right, also, number two language tip for today. I notice. Try I notice instead of, um, you know, going right into... You can't talk to me that way because it's rude. Um, I notice sometimes when I ask you to clean your room that you tell me to shut up and run away. You know, maybe that's extreme for your family, but that's just an example. Um, and I notice that sometimes when you say you've brushed your teeth, you haven't actually. What happens when you don't brush your teeth? Oh, okay. Do you understand why it's important to brush your teeth? Well, what do you think about brushing your teeth now? Great. 
Do you have some ideas that will result in your teeth getting brushed every day? I'm happy to hear them. Can we make an agreement? Do you see that? That's a totally different conversation than I'm going to take away your your um, video games for a week because you didn't brush your teeth today. All right. So I said earlier, everything that we do with these children invites them to think, feel, and decide how they're going to behave or decide how they're going to react. So every time you communicate with somebody, they're thinking something, they're feeling something, and they're deciding what they're going to do. Okay, so if you're saying, if you're not going to brush your teeth, I'm going to take this away. They may be brushing their teeth, but they're thinking about um, that they, well, they're not, they, they're not feeling um, acknowledged and affirmed. They're not thinking that they're capable, valuable, or powerful. And they're probably um, coming up with ways in which they can sneak and not get their teeth brushed. Because now you're, you're, you've made them angry and you've invited power struggle. However, if you start with, I notice... Uh, we call that a process call in our graduate program. It's re- very effective, and you can try this with your employees or your employer or people you work with or friends or even your spouse um, or, or partner. All right, so I, I'm going to uh, move into one more um, language tool that I think is going to be really helpful for you, uh, for all of you who are listening. And this is about kindness and firmness, kindness and firmness at the same time. Oftentimes when people are, when adults are working with children, um, they're either kind or firm depending upon the situation. Okay, so yes, and we do need to vacillate a little bit. Like obviously we need to be very clear in our boundaries and our limits, um, even as leaders, if there's chaos everywhere. Um, But we can avoid the chaos coming up in the first place if we just always interact with people with a sense of kindness and firmness at the same time, all the time. So I'm going to to show you examples of this. I'm going to ask you to think about, as I read these sentences, if it's kind or firm, okay? And you have to pick one of those two, which may be hard with some of these because, you know, when you're only kind or you're only firm, it feels kind of strange. All right, so here we go. I'm not going to tell you again, stop playing right now or your toys are going to go in the garbage. If you don't stop doing that, you're going to go to timeout. You had better cooperate or you're going to lose all of your privileges. I don't care if you don't want to brush your teeth. March into that bathroom and get going right now. So, kind or firm? Well, it's not really kind, so I'm sure that all of you who are listening chose firm. All right. Are you feeling capable, valuable, and powerful when I talk to you like that? Am I inviting cooperation or rebellion? What are you thinking, feeling, and deciding you're going to do? Some of you may be deciding you're going to go do those things because I've scared you, which isn't what we want. Some of you may be deciding you're not going to do it because I've made you angry and you're rebelling. You're going to seek power now. All right. Kindness or firmness on the spectrum. Tell me how these, I want you to think about how these statements um, fall on that spectrum of kindness and firmness. I don't know why you don't listen. I feel so sad. Please stop crying. You can have something from the store this time. But remember, you can't have something every time we come to the store. I'm worried that you'll get cavities if you don't brush your teeth. I'm sure you can fix your own sandwich, but I'll do it this time. I wish you would eat your dinner. Think of all the starving children in Africa. All right. Kindness or firmness? You've probably picked 
kindness, even though it's kind of a creepy kind, is a rescuey kind. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not firm. There's no boundaries set there. So that leaves children feeling confused. All right, you, um, you know, you're rescuing them, which is not feeding their sense of capability. You're doing things for them that they're capable for themselves, which is not feeling their capability, uh, feeding their sense of capability. And you're confusing them because you're not, ex- you're not being clear about what it is, what your expectations are. So the key is to be kind and firm at the same time, all the time. All right, I'm going to share some examples for you, and I want you to listen for the magic word. So this one's about validating feeling. This this sentence is about validating feel feelings with our kindness and firmness. I know it is hard to stop playing, and it is time for dinner. So you hear the affirmation and the validation of feelings, and then the boundary set, and it is time for dinner. I can under this one's about showing understanding. I can understand why you would rather watch TV than do your homework. And homework has to be done first. All right, so we acknowledged and affirmed, and we set the boundary. That's the, the, the beginning is the kindness, and, and the back end is the firmness. Set the boundary and stick to it. Redirection. Here's, here's one about redirection. You don't want to brush your teeth, and I don't want to pay dentist bills. I'll race you to the bathroom. You've acknowledged and affirmed that they don't want to brush their teeth. There's nothing wrong with people, you know, having feelings or or thoughts or, um, you know, positions on these things. So you acknowledge and affirm that they have them and then set the boundary. Mm -hmm. This one's about following through on advanced agreements. I don't know what you, I, I know you don't want to do your chores. And what was our agreement about when they would be done? Acknowledging, um, and, uh, you know, acknowledging and affirming and then setting the boundary. So this one's about follow through on advanced agreements. I know you don't want to do your chores. And what was our agreement about when they would be done? Providing choice. This is a big one for children seeking power. You don't want to go to bed. And it is bedtime. Is it your turn to read out loud or mine? This one's about a choice and then follow through by deciding what you will do. I know you want to keep playing video video games. Sorry. And your time is up. Please turn it off now. Would you like some help? Okay, so you've been kind in the sense that you've acknowledged, yeah, it is hard to stop what we're doing when we're enjoying enjoying ourselves. And the boundary is is that it's time to put it away now. And um, one of the things that I it's hard to express over a podcast, but as you as you're following through with these agreements and you're following through with the boundary you've set, you can just walk over to a child and extend your hand and just stand there persistently until they start to get up. All right, so um, what was the magic word that you all heard? Did you hear a magic word in there? It is and, the word and. So I encourage families that are taking my training or enjoying these podcasts or engaging in my webinars or scrolling through my website to try to uh, take the word but out of their vocabulary. I know it's hard to stop playing, but it is time for dinner. That has a completely different feel than I know it is hard to stop playing, and it is time for dinner. Why? Because the but negates the affirmation and the the affirmation and the acknowledgement that you've expressed in the beginning. Right? So if you say, I know it's hard to stop playing, but it is time for dinner, it's it's like you're saying that um, their their thoughts and their feelings are not honored. All right, so the and uh, lets them know that you do honor their, their thoughts and their feelings, and life has to continue, and we have agreements, 
and we have things to get done and there are um, you know areas in our life where discipline is important and we have to stay to schedules and routines I'll read one more I can understand why you would rather watch TV than doing your homework but homework needs to be done first do you feel do you sense how that is inviting rebellion where it's very different if I say I can understand why you would rather watch TV and do your than do your homework and homework needs to be done first all right so you're not um, you're not dishonoring uh, their feelings and their thoughts about doing the homework when you say and when you say but it's like uh, it's my my way or the highway all right so I invite you to write down Um, a time when your child resisted what you wanted him or her to stop doing. Um, Think about how you handled it, what you said to them, and write it all down. And then I want you to take that information and rewrite it using the word and, beginning with an acknowledgement and affirmation, affirmation, and then ending with a boundary that you've set. All right, so that concludes our podcast for today. I want you to practice these tools and then next week we will talk about um, the iceberg jungle and that uh, the behavior that's above the iceberg and the belief behind the behavior and the need belonging for belonging and significance and the unconscious that's underneath the water. Okay, we're going to talk about that in our next episode. And we're going to talk about specific examples of meeting the need of a child seeking attention, meeting the need of a child seeking power, meeting the need of a child seeking revenge, and meeting the needs of a child who is shutting down. All right, so enjoy your week. Um, I will not be developing another podcast until after the new year because I have uh, the holiday season coming upon us and I'm relocating and moving. So I wish all of you a happy holiday season. You can always reach out to me, Sean Edwards at toolhouse.com. Or you can visit me on my website, or you can even send me a text 713-824-0530. Enjoy this podcast and let me know if you have any questions. Cheers.